Hey, everybody. My name is Mary-Kate Casey, founder and owner of Prep Performance Center, a physical therapy and sports performance facility in Chicago. I'm a doctor of physical therapy and four-time national championship lacrosse player. My passion and area of expertise is helping young athletes understand the multidisciplinary approach to being a successful athlete, prevent injury, and increase performance. So today we have with us um, Dr. Adam Bennett. He is a board-certified family practitioner, subspecializing in primary care sports medicine. His areas of expertise and special interests are sports medicine, non-surgical musculoskeletal care, overuse injuries, and injury prevention. He serves as a team physician for the U.S. soccer men's and women's national teams, the Chicago Bears, and a former team physician for the Chicago Blackhawks. He has many accolades, some of which are the Mead Johnson Award for the Graduate Education and the Residence Teacher Award. But best of all, he's a former Wildcat and played soccer at Northwestern University, so at least we have that in common. So thanks for joining us, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your, your athletic career, because I think that that, um, that plays so much into how you treat your patients and you know the connection that you have with them. Yeah, um, so... I'm a, quite a bit older than you, I believe. When I, we started at Northwestern, they didn't have a lacrosse team. Yeah. Um, or they, I guess my freshman year was the last year they had it. Uh, ironically, my wife who played field hockey did play for the lacrosse team. And now she, uh, whenever she tells people, she does mention I played lacrosse at Northwestern and gets a lot of street cred around here. <laughs> for um, sure. So I played there, I was four years um, and uh, I did tear my ACL my junior year. Um, and it was uh, a pretty classic injury, like a valgus stress to my knee, which means it kind of twists in the wrong direction. And But the, the docs kind of misdiagnosed it, thought I was okay, and ended up playing half a season on it. And only over that period of time, my knee slipped or kind of pivoted twice, and I did some further damage and ended up tearing the lateral uh, meniscus quite a bit. Uh, went back home to Indiana, where I was from, and where they were taking care of a lot of soccer players and had surgery there. But at that point, I thought I wanted to become a sports medicine physician because I realized how important it is to have providers um, who are competent taking care of you and how much of a benefit it is to having been an athlete. You can really relate to athletes who are suffering the same thing you had or similar things. So I, I once, once having gone through that, it really kind of I, put me down the road to becoming a sports medicine physician. Yeah, I mean, my story is a little bit similar. Um, I got on campus September of 2005, and I, I tore my ACL my first game of my college career just a month later. So I feel you, and it, um, it really does change your outlook on athletics, I think sport in general. And to come back from those kind of injuries, you also um, become a little bit of a stronger person as well. 100% agree. So you know, how do you, how do you use that experience and, you know, help treat some of these athletes that you work with? So, you know, in my general clinic, I see, I see patients five days a week in a, in an orthopedic clinic. And I have people who are from seven year olds who are just injured on the playground to high school athletes that are looking to play college sports. Uh, occasionally I'll see a college athlete um, on their, when they're back home, like during Christmas break or college or summer break. Uh, and definitely work with professional athletes uh, in both soccer and Chicago Bears. Um, and so uh, when it comes to relating to all of them, you have to understand who they are and what their goals are. Um, I would say me having been an athlete is best when I'm dealing with professional athletes in the moment when they're injured. Actually, I had concussions 
in college, I even played in uh, over 40 league um, and recently had a bad concussion. And it honestly helped. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. But it it really helped me a understand what it's like to, to have a concussion. I remember it from college, but at that, when I was in college, I really didn't have any knowledge medically on what the signs and symptoms of a concussion were, what you have to do about it. But having diagnosed, you know, dozens and dozens of concussions over my career and then get one and then go back and talk to those athletes the subsequent year who got concussions, I had a really different outlook. I knew the first instinct was denial. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. You know, and, and so, um, you know, in terms of really connecting with professional athletes, having been a, a, a high-level athlete, that's helpful. Um, but also in relating to the high school athletes that are trying to perform, trying to get to the next level, or even the, the high-level middle school or freshman sophomore athlete that's injured and wants to make varsity and i'm like look i want you playing your best you know i want you at your peak in terms of performance not your sophomore year in high school ideally your sophomore junior year in college and you can play professional or ideally your your junior year um late in your junior year so you get a scholarship to play in college like and so having that experience and just knowing what it takes for um athletes to get past injury get to where they want to be performance wise and not be thinking about their injuries, I think is the other way in which having been an athlete, I can, I can help out, you know, my, otherwise my, you know, 50 year old tennis players wants to be healthy. I just, we all want to be healthy. I can relate to those people. I don't think you have to be an athlete to really connect with them. Yeah. So I guess let's shed some light a little bit on some of the overuse injuries, especially in the grade school and high school athlete as youth sports is, is kind of this like multi-million billion dollar industry. Um, you know, I've read that youth athlete injuries have increased about 50% in the last 10 years. So what are you seeing in your clinic? Uh, uh, yeah, similar things. And, and I, I also just see it in that what I see my kids do, my kids' friends do, when I see the business of youth sports and, um, and how – if, if you're a coach, and I, I live in the northern suburbs of Chicago, so there's a lot of demand for teams, for, for high-level coaches, for experienced coaches. So if I'm a coach of a, let's just say, a uh, you know, soccer team or a lacrosse team, and I have a really good, you know, sophomore, I'm going to play that sophomore all day, every day, and, and I'm going to, you know, leverage their talents to make me look better. I don't mean this in a mean way to the coaches. That's just the general – yeah style of every coach they want to win they want to perform they're not thinking always of what's best for that athlete in terms of their development as a player in terms of their injury prevention they're thinking our team's going to win games there's no i in team let's focus on the team but that same athlete might be playing other sports or on another team and is often playing getting asked to go to academies or showcases uh maybe getting asked into national team camps or club camp in addition to their high school camp. And so they're at risk for overuse. And because their coach doesn't know that they're playing on two other teams, or maybe knows, but doesn't really care. Uh, they care, but they're not concerned. They're more concerned with our team needs this player to play to win. Right. So as a result, as a result, I see uh, a lot of overuse injuries and stuff that can be prevented. I mean, we, we all, the data is out there. It's pretty clear that if, if you play one hour of, if your age is say 15, if you play 14 hours of sports per week, you're at a 90% chance of an overuse injury. So that's, that's something I tell a lot of parents. 
Yeah. To be, you know, one uh, in terms of your age, just the hours per week of any of all sports should be one hour less than your age. Yeah. And then the other is people who play the same sport year round are at risk for overuse injuries. And uh, if you play sports for more than nine months out of the year, you're at risk for overuse injury. So that's everyone on the North Shore of Chicago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. I'm seeing, I see a lot of, of overuse injuries and, um, you know, it's frustrating for the, I feel mostly for the athlete because they're doing their best. They're working so hard and they're hurting and they're not being able to enjoy their sport. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of where, where my focus comes in as, you know, a PT. I also was an elite athlete. I also had my injuries. Um, you know, I, I think that right now I also coach lacrosse and I want my kids to work hard. So I, I'm, you know, kind of picking at this from all different levels. I feel like it's hard to find the balance between too much, but just enough. And, um, I think as a coach, what I try to do is, um, look at my athletes and say, okay, yeah, you are playing club volleyball or, you know, let's figure this out. Um, Maybe we can hold off your running if we need to, if you're injured. But I don't think a lot of coaches are appreciative of that. They just make these kids run through any, any sort of ailment, and then, and then it gets worse. Oh, yeah. And they want to treat all the players the same. They don't – you know, often the player that's a great athlete is playing volleyball in addition to lacrosse, is at risk for overuse injuries, but they don't want to show favoritism. They feel like they should treat everyone the same. Um, and that ultimately may not be best for the player's development. I've, I'm guessing, I don't, I haven't seen you coach, but I'm guessing you as a the former high level player, as a physical therapist and as a coach, you're probably thinking purely about player development and where they can land. And, and that's got to be in concert with the team's performance. But my guess is a big focus of yours is how do I make that individual player perform at their highest level? And part of that is injury prevention. And you probably have a unique eye for that. Yeah. And I think um, for me, Again, I wear the coach hat. I wear the PT hat. And, you know, all my kids, they're coming up. They've, I've got neck pain. I've got knee pain. And, you know, it, it is a little bit overwhelming because you have 50 other athletes that you have to look after during your hour and a half practice, right? Um, but I yeah. think it's getting, getting these athletes into the healthcare professionals earlier than, you know, three months of knee pain. Um, what I always try to tell people is come in earlier and a little bit more often, and then we can get you on the right program, doing the right things. And um, hopefully we'll, we'll prevent some of these injuries because you're doing quality strength and conditioning, mobility exercises that are, you know, we've already proven with a lot of the ACL research that, um, you know, we can reduce over half of these injuries that are non-contact. So, you know, again, ACL injuries are not the only thing out there, but they're definitely of high prevalence right now in female sports. Right. I remember my wife played field hockey at Northwestern. Their team was elite. And I, one of her close friends first practice non-contact ACL, um, you know, her first practice at playing collegiate field hockey. And uh, when I look back now, I'm like, boy, there's ACL prevention that would have been so helpful for her and, and you did yours your first month. You, I'm not sure what kind of ACL prevention was available back then as well, but just I think it, it showcases how important it is that that those that the ACL and others can be prevented if you're mindful of kind of how you train. Yeah, and I think um, with some of these kids, there's a lot of you know now during this coronavirus and shelter in place, we see all of the online programs coming out and. Um, I, I caution a lot of the parents and the kids, 
to know exactly what should work for them. And, you know, obviously that might mean that I'm biased or you're biased by saying, you know, hey, come and see me. Let's get you the right program. But it's quality over quantity. And you want to make sure that if they're putting in the time, that it's effective time and it's, you know, as beneficial to them and their body and is going to set them up for success instead of that overuse injury. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think we're on a, a very unique set of circumstances right here or, you know, a unique sort of trajectory in terms of what these athletes are going through. It's very rare that an athlete will go two or three months without running on in a field and playing a sport. And a lot of them are doing e-learning. They're not getting up and walking around. Their posture is not going to be great. And how do you come out of that and then adapt to playing your sport again? I think it takes a lot of functional movement screens and a lot of being mindful of how you sort of ad- advance them through their agility drills or through their fitness. And I'd say, I'd say that's where someone like you, a good physical therapist, would be an asset to a team versus me. I, I'm, I'm, I hate to say it, the physician's usually coming in after the fact when someone's hurting. Right. I don't see a lot of patients like, hey, I feel perfect. Hmm help me stay that way. I'm like, well, you know, go see Mary Kate, you know, that's, that's who you need to work with. Um, so I, th- I think that, but that is how I think, you know, physical therapists and physicians sort of work together um, in, in a way that's, that's works for athletes. And so for me, I, I only see people, unfortunately, in their bad circumstances, not a ton when it's, when it comes to prevention. Right. And, and hopefully what we can see, you know, I've been trying to, you know, kind of do it for years, but you know, a lot of these schools and clubs, they have athletic trainers um, who are great and they're on, you know, on the field for a lot of the emergency response. But, um, you know, as the physical therapist, we can assess movement, we can analyze movement and understand, even though a kid doesn't have an injury, um, how we can intervene before that injury comes about. And um, hopefully that's, you know, what maybe these schools are going to start to um, implement and adopt is kind of that, that annual physical for the athlete to make sure that they're actually moving correctly. They can run and they can jump with the proper mechanics instead of, um, you know, hoping that they can keep up with the demands of sport. Yeah. It's funny. I oversee a few athletic trainers that take care of high school athletes. And I'm always suggesting that if they have an athlete who's injured, even if it's a minor injury, get them into one-on-one physical therapy, Yeah. not, not a ding against athletic trainer. Yeah. It's more that, hey, something's off of this athlete. Let's give someone who can give you one-on-one care for an hour. You know, an athletic trainer is taking care of. 30 people, yeah. Or more, more than that, yeah. you know, sometimes, yeah. Uh, you just can't do that. And I feel like as a coach, I would want, if I have an athlete who's injured or as a parent, I'd want my kid going and in, in, in learning one-on-one, like what's wrong, and then maybe going back to athletic trainers and then, you know, that they're trying to like, Howard, do your exercises as you learned in PT. Right. Um, I just feel like that's better care for everyone. Now, athletic trainers that are with professional teams where they have, you know, they're maybe just one athletic trainer with a basketball team. They have 12 people and they spend all day every day. I feel like that's probably a little bit more appropriate. Right. But, but I feel like at the high school level with you have big, you know, a bunch of athletes, a bunch of sports, and it's a, it's a great opportunity for those athletes that are, even minor injuries to go get optimized. And I feel like you need one-on-one care with a good physical therapist to, to pull that off. And so I'm always encouraging 
any any high school athlete who's got a, even a minor injury to go get that. So that way you're not in the training room. You're not in my office. You're just out on the field having fun. Yeah, and I think um, I've seen all too often, you know, lacrosse, soccer, basketball, um, these hamstring strains, they're, you know, very prevalent. And then, you know, the mechanics of the body is altered. Your reflexes are not the same. And, you know, then that ACL happens. Um, so what could have been prevented with some early intervention, physical therapy, hands-on, um, could have, you know, could have saved you a year on the sidelines is kind of all, always what I say. Um, but I always say that it's the mental and the emotional struggle too, right? Like, that up and down, you know, roller coaster of emotions. Um, and then also trying to get back onto the, the playing field, getting the time again. Um, to me that those are the things that, um, we don't always think about, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I had a lot of injuries in college. I think it's why I, I like to think it's why I'm a successful doctor. Cause I can relate to all the injuries, but I lived in the training room and I did not enjoy it. And <laughs> Um, yeah, I even remember one year I had a, a more, I had a contusion to my quad and developed myositis specific hands on people who don't know that it's like, a you basically get calcification of a muscle because of trauma. So I was out for like two months and I was, I became the film guy for our soccer team. So I still got to travel. I just did whatever I could to just be involved. Um, and you know, it's funny. I, another thing I do is I have a high school athlete who's injured. I'll be like, all right, make this part of your college application Yeah. or a college athlete because anything you can do to turn that injury into something positive is so important because the, the mental and emotional component to being injured um, is, is never fun. And so again, that's why I think we're talking about prevention. So you never have to deal with it. Um, but if you do trying to come up with, with some strategies to make it as, as least painful as possible is great is a good thing. 100%. And um, you know, we've had a lot of other people on this podcast and talking about the mental mental component um you know you said it as a former athlete but then also just in your professional career you know you use all of these characteristics and you know um values that you develop as a athlete throughout your whole professional career um whether you're a coach again or you're a doctor or even in business um you know you've developed a lot of those you know teamwork uh listening skills communication um, which I think is, is really important. Like you said, connecting it to that college application. Yeah. So, so give us a little bit of insight. You know, everybody's talking about coronavirus and our kids are obviously, um, not participating in their sports. Do you, you know, do you have any suggestions or guidelines, um, to help them, you know, take control over the next few months, um, to kind of help them go into fall a little bit more, you know, healthy and hopefully injury free. I mean, I think, I think you probably have as good or better ideas than I would have. Um, it's funny in my neighborhood though, I've seen dozens and dozens of, you know, what are clearly like high school, they're wearing like their local high school and volleyball or soccer or lacrosse or basketball. And uh, they're out jogging. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, if I see a volleyball player, the way you get ready for volleyball is jogging. Yep. You know, it's explosive plyometric stuff. It's all the stuff around the shoulder to prevent shoulder injuries. But right now, that's all they have available. Yeah. Um, so being aware of that, and it's funny, even my, my over 40 soccer league, I have a you know bunch of guys on my team. Um, all these guys are pretty competitive. They all played in college. And uh, every time someone pulls a muscle, I'm always like, all right, how did you train? Yeah. 
Well, I got I got on the uh, elliptical for 20 minutes. I'm like, did you do sprints on the elliptical? No, I just went on it. And then I went for a walk and I sit at my desk all day. I feel like the high school athletes are going to be similar because, you know, they're not able to train in the, in very sports specific ways. So ideally, if you're doing a lot of side to side running, jumping, agility type stuff, that's how you want to train. And that needs to be ramped up slowly because you've been jogging or you've been sitting at a desk and doing e-learning you've not been playing your sport and so uh, all that has to be gradually reintroduced otherwise you're gonna pull a hamstring and then hopefully not something worse like uh you know an acl or another more significant injury yeah and i think um you know we hope to offer that obviously as doctors of physical therapy um kind of like you a lot of people think about us after they get an injury Um, you know, but with my background and, you know, my colleague, she's a strength and conditioning coach as well. We hope to kind of introduce some of this stuff and, um, you know, teach some of the athletes how to get, you know, uh, out there right now, go to a field, especially as we can, you know, get, um, go to the parks a little bit more and stay safe. And I think it's more the frequency and intensity, like you're talking about. It's not just a three mile run. It's, you know, sprints and, what I like to call fartlicks around the, um, the field. Those are my favorites and you don't need any equipment for that. hundred percent completely agree. In fact, I've worked with uh, several teams over the, anytime I work with an athlete who's got a pulled muscle, I just, you know, figure out why they got it. Was it overuse? Was it dehydration? Was it poor conditioning? Because, you know, even with the bears, we view soft tissue injuries. A lot of those that's preventable. Yeah. And so figuring out the underlying cause and what they did, what were the training errors, how can we rethink this? And sure as heck, how can we prevent it from happening again is, is so critical. Um, and that's one of the things I also hate to see. I see a lot of my patients will have a calf injury or a quad strain or a hamstring strain, and they will have had two or three happen back to back before they come and see me. And they just didn't ever address it. They rested and they got back out in their sport. Right. And uh, when it comes when it comes to muscle strains, it's you gotta leave it alone so it heals, then strengthen it so it's not the first muscle you injure when you get back out to your sport. Yeah. And uh, I feel like that's a principle that's often lost on coaches, parents, but uh, not not uh, good physical therapists and not hopefully physicians. Of course, and I think again, a lot of these kids see those injuries as kind of normal pains for playing the sport. And, um, you know, hopefully the more people talk, the more people, um, you know, communicate and educate coaches, they're getting their, their kids into our doors. Um, really just the kids are going to perform better. And like I, like you said, hopefully get them into college instead of just getting through, you know, their high school senior season, um, and be limited by injuries. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, well, cool. So any, any other things that you, um, you feel like you want to share with our, our young athletes as, um, you know, they get back to training for the summer and, uh, come out of this COVID season? I guess the one thing I see a lot in, I'm, I'm going to go off a little bit of a tangent, yeah. but sometimes when it comes into training and player development, less is more. And what yeah. I mean by this is I've seen plenty of eighth grade freshmen, sophomore athletes and and maybe a little bit younger when it comes to female athletes because the female athletes tend to grow a little bit earlier but they're getting they're going through puberty they're trying to develop their skills 
and they have uh, a team, maybe two teams. Uh, they have a shooting coach, if you if I give it for basketball. They have a strength coach, um, and they're exercising six days a week. And they're getting overuse injuries because they're going through a growth spurt. And I'd much rather see that athlete take time off, not get injured, and whatever skills they're not good at. So if it's, if it's a basketball player, you know, instead of sending them to – agility training and explosiveness and then a shooting coach i'd have them just if they're right-handed play basketball just left-handed for a right. week you know focus on the things you're not good at have days off so you don't get injured um a lot of player development is comfortability with the ball and it's not just hammering where more is more and, and if the more you work hard and the more you go to your strength coach and and sweat and jump and get sore the better. It's really not that way. If you look at how a lot of excellent professional athletes, you know, developed, it's having fun as a kid, enjoying the sport, not being injured, learning. So your, your instincts sort of take over and you're not just thinking about what your coach tells you. Now, certainly as you get older into high school and college, your coaches teach you tactics, but at a younger age, I feel like puberty is a great equalizer when it comes to, um, player development in terms of speed, quickness, explosiveness. And uh, I think younger kids that haven't gone through puberty, enjoying your sport and not getting injured is, is probably more crucial to player development than, than other things, including um, trying to emphasize what you're not good at. You know, the, the fastest player in the field um, is often doesn't know the tactical side of the sport um, as well as a slower player. But when the slower player goes to puberty and becomes fast, they're going to be overall a better player because they know how to read the game a little bit more because they had to anticipate what the faster players are doing. So that's my little soapbox on younger player development that I think is crucial. And I'd like to have parents think about that. And if someone's injured, I'd rather them go work with you for a little bit, get optimized, recover and then go play their sport and, and again spend the time on the field not in my office yeah I mean I feel like my my rehab timeline just gets pushed longer and longer because the kids don't take the time that I actually advise um, sometimes I have to send them back to you and then you're the one that says hey you really have to take three to four weeks off of nothing um, and and then going back to your you know the athletes that are, you know, the most successful and less is more, I, I find it, it's like, focus on your poise, focus, focus on, you know, that ball control and seeing the field or the court or whatever. To me, I think that those are, I was a hard worker. I, you know, shot the basketball in my backyard and I did my own sprints and everything. Um, but I think what I wish I would have learned a lot younger was just that that vision that field sense um and I think again that's probably what makes you a little bit better uh of course being a second faster or quicker on the field is always going to be you know uh an asset but sometimes you got to work smarter not harder yeah 100 percent. it's funny I uh I, I, a definite athlete I, I, I see every month of my career is, is a, a, usually it's, it's an outdoor sport like lacrosse or soccer where they're very fast and have recurrent hamstrings. Yep. And, um, and so like, well, how do you train? Well, I run track um, in the off season. And um, like, well, are you, I'm, I'll stick with soccer, but like, you know, what's your dominant foot? Well, it's my right foot. And I started the right wing. I'm like, you know what? 
you're you're the fastest player now, but you're gonna co- you're gonna run into players that are just as fast at some point. So you're gonna have to be tactically yeah. better or as good. So play left back, right? You know, and and start doing yoga. Start you know play basketball because you know your timing for a rebound is very similar to timing for a header. Yeah. So you score more goals on corner kicks because you know how to meet the ball at the right time and head it on you know on net. So. Again, I think it's it's being smart about who you are and where you are, you're at. You know, if, if you're faster than everyone, great. You're going to just keep scoring goals, but you're never going to develop so that you can compete when everyone else is just as fast as you. So that's something I like to think about. Yeah, and I think um, for me, I never have known my body more than right, you know, as I started college or um, physical therapy school and I learned kind of like what you had said about your injury, like, I learned the the medical reasons for, you know, tightness or injury or whatever. And um, you're so much more in tune with your body. And I think if we can, you know, teach kids to slow down and breathe and feel a stretch and notice when things change, um, they will probably see the, the benefits. And, you know, I always teach my kids, whether it be pre or post injury, um, you know, because we do some performance training as well. I'm really training them to just listen to their body and, and it will tell you what you need. You might need more foam rolling. You might need more mobility and hamstring work. Um, you know, I'm doing a lecture to some soccer coaches in a few weeks and about the hamstring and groin injuries. And, uh, it's really important that we get ahead of this stuff because it it can, when you get to college, it can hold you out for a season. Sometimes if you get a pretty devastating injury, yeah, absolutely. I've seen those dozens of times. So, well, thank you, Adam, so much for um, for joining us. I think we covered a lot of stuff. Um, you know, college athletics, youth athletics, and uh, the craziness of youth sports today. But hopefully, you won't see that many patients coming in after coronavirus. But um, you know, hopefully, they'll they'll start to get moving sooner rather than later. Great. Yeah, and hope you do well. And uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate right. it. Great conversation. Great. Talk soon.